for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones, and I'm here with George Mays and Philip Tutal. Talman. What up? <laughs> well, Philip's got a day off, so he's in here with us. Glad to be back on his day guys. off. Providentially, he didn't even know that we were recording today. Right, recording no clue. Today. No clue. And I got peer pressured into it. Yeah, you did. I love yeah. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's free-for-all Friday, guys, but we're going to do something that's not so free-for-all, I guess. Um, we presented, the elders of our church presented on Sunday evening at our members' meeting a uh, motion to leave the Southern Baptist Convention. If you're listening to the podcast, you're probably not surprised at all by that, um, <laughs> right? Have we not been very subtle about that, Jay? Yeah, probably wondering, like, you know, about time. You guys, right. guys all you guys do is complain, complain about it. Right. Uh, so we we submitted that to them, but we have you know we're elder led congregational church, mm-hmm. and so the de- final the decision is up to the congregation. And we we laid out kind of like there's kind of six categories this piece of paper that was handed out to the congregation. And so I figure we'll just talk about it. We'll talk through those what we presented. People listening might be curious, and also just to help like the people of our church to think through it better. Mm-hmm. And then some of them submitted questions to us. Um, on our members page, and we're going to walk through those questions that they have. Some of them are very good questions. And, and yeah, this we'll... might this might you know, there's people that listen that aren't at our church. Um, surprisingly, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> to, this might help them to think through this also mm-hmm. because I, this is a hard decision. This is not a decision that we're taking lightly. Um, that's the reason why we have gone slow, even as we've been very vocally critical of the direction of the SBC is that this is not, um, this isn't something that we should gleefully mm-hmm. um, and very quickly rush into. Um, and so I know that there's a lot of churches that are in that same position. Right. Um, there may be people listening who go to churches where um, the, the pastor or pastors want to leave and the congregation is still on the fence, or it could be the other way around. Where um, I mean, I know plenty of people that go to churches where the pastors are just sticking it out in the SBC for whatever reason, and uh, so maybe this will be helpful for them also mm-hmm. to to think yeah. through these things. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Well, since it's serious, I won't bring in the old Biden news. We'll save that for next time because that'll change the. That'll change the whole atmosphere. It will change the entire uh, direction that we go, Jay. That's probably a good call. (laughs) It's it's pretty funny. I'll just say, give it a Google. All right. He's trending for all the wrong reasons. He wants some good good laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well... Let's did you, did you see? I mean, you're bringing up Biden. Oh my! Did you see that? Did you see that? Philip, uh, you know, the gas prices are something. rising, and he wants to shut down more oil pipelines. Did you see that? I didn't see that. Yeah. So the the I mean, the prices are just going to skyrocket. You're right. So they're yeah. <laughs> but they're. I guess the I guess the administration was pressuring OPEC to um to pump more to pump more and they said no. pump it yourself <laughs> right oh man <laughs> do it yourself <laughs> yeah. yeah um and uh i read something at i don't know what the source was i just saw the headline 
that someone in Biden's administration was that in order for us to move towards green energy, we want the oil companies to go bankrupt. Right. So it seems like they're intentionally trying to push this. Absolutely. This agenda. Yeah. Yeah. It's really stupid without, without having like a broad foundation of nuclear energy. Right. It's really dumb. Mm -hmm. Cause China's not abiding by any of this. They're, they're (laughs) like building coal plants over there. Yeah. Like building them Mm -hmm. as fast as they can. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I just thought that that was just another another yeah. another evidence that this administration is is pretty incompetent. Well, he, he uh he And they're let, pushing an agenda, but it's anyone with with half a brain should see that this agenda whether you would like to see it in the long run is not something that you can just push through mm-hmm. immediately without just completely destroying the economy. Yeah. Well, they don't care about that. I guess not. Because they're most of them are rich anyway. Just, pr- just print some o- more money. All the rich people will be okay. So that's just all print they care some about. More money. Did you? <laughs> I laugh every time I see it. You've seen the picture of Hillary Clinton when she walked into the the house of like the working the working class people. Have you seen that picture? No. Oh, is it I mean, funny? it's just a just a small like kitchen. Uh huh. Just a normal kitchen not pristine or anything like normal, it looks like it's lived in it's like a normal house and uh her the look on her face is one of of just horror a- absolute shock really <laughs> yeah it's like nancy pelosi pulling out her her ice cream oh from her gigantic refrigerator <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> just being completely oblivious yeah yeah anyway <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> all right so we want to talk about this uh so this was <laughs> last Thursday. Jay was like, "Are you going to hand out anything to the congregation?" And I had not planned on it. <laughs> what were you? What were you going to do? I was going to have my own notes just gonna, and just okay. walk through something like this. But I, yeah. I hadn't planned on right. I just I knew given typing, the nature stuff of up. how our meetings go, yeah, that they're going to need something yeah. to, to take home. <laughs> right? You know, no, kid. it was a good call. It was just a kind of a. A last minute call. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah. So this is not this is by no means exhaustive. Um I was just kind of writing this as I was brainstorming. Uh-huh. Um I asked you guys for some some ideas and you weren't super helpful. <laughs> so we, we a lot of this is anything that has ism at the end of it, uh-huh, that's what we threw right. out there for you. Yeah, so this is this is six reasons why well, let's, George thinks that. <laughs> so I'll just I'll, I'll try to clarify, just like if they're listening in a broad sense. Yeah, what it comes down to me is really trust, mm-hmm. right? Right. So we're supposed to be we're not a denomination, we're a group or a collection of churches that cooperate with each other, mm-hmm. and the purpose is supposed to be for missions, right? Right. So there's got to be some organizational structure in there, right? And what we've observed is the SBC has become so bloated; it literally is like. The federal government, yeah. It's, so the way the way it's it's it really is supposed to run like the that the um, the country right. is supposed to the, the founders originally intended for it to run. Sure, it's supposed to be that America is supposed to be state run. Yeah, right. and then even local beyond. Yeah, like yeah. Underneath so it's the supposed state. to be it's supposed to be people that just With local governance. Just the citizens are supposed yeah. to be governing. We're yeah. we're supposed to govern ourselves. Uh huh. The SBC is supposed to be that way also. It's supposed right. to be local churches, congregational, they govern themselves, and they have freely entered into uh, an agreement together in order to promote mission work. 
And so you but have the, the, sa- that the same thing that's happened in America has happened in the SBC is now, instead of it being the people running the show, it's top down. It is. It, so there yeah. should be uh, local associations that mm-hmm. are heavily involved with each other right. and doing missions together. And that's not really the case anymore. No. Uh-uh. Um, it's the same thing you see in like the local governments of right. the state. Mm-hmm. More power is given to the state. And even then, there's not so much. Yeah. Uh, you don't have so much control of what's happening or input. It it's 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 pushed down from the federal government mm-hmm. through money right. incentives and the same thing is exactly the same thing happening in the SBC. It's yeah. I mean, I guess we shouldn't be super surprised by it. It's it's disheartening because we've got professing believers, mm. but it's all about money. It's all about power. It's about money and power and influence. And you give the churches come together, and we have the cooperative program. It's it's the churches give to kind of one pot, right? Um, but who controls that pot? Yeah, and whoever controls the pot basically gets to steer the ship. It's the oligarchy, mm. and and so the problem is, I don't trust them anymore. Right, I don't trust them to make the right decisions, to have integrity, mm-hmm. to be honorable, to even be honest. Yeah. So when the trust is gone, like you can't just keep giving your money away, right? And you and you really can't, in any integrity, say we're Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. but we don't give any money to you. And that's the yeah. place we're at. We suspended all of our giving mm-hmm. um, several months ago. I think yeah, it was August, yeah. wasn't it? I think. So we told the church, the elders are, have made the decision to suspend the giving. Mm-hmm. We'll do. We'll we'll present to you if we want to stay or not, but here's what we know is we can't give any more because we don't trust what's happening with yeah, the money. Right. Um, now there's a lot of, there's a lot of churches and organizations within the SBC that have made the opposite decision. We're going to stay and we're going to fight. Um, but for us, we don't think that it's really a fight worth expending time and resources into because it's going to be a fight. Yeah. It's going to be a fight. And to be in the fight, you have to, you have give, to give. If you want to send messengers, right. you have to give money. Yeah, yeah. And so you're stuck in this deal. Well, if I give the money, what are they going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Are they going to plant some churches and install women pastors like they have been doing secretly? Right. Mm. You know. All uh, right. So we're go, we're getting into the right. into the list. So maybe it would be helpful just to walk walk through the list. Okay, we don't have to do spend it. a lot of time on each on one. each of these. Again, this is not exhaustive. We've talked about things on the on the podcast that I didn't include here. Um, just go back through the <clears> list <throat> of podcasts on YouTube and and look for the ones that talk about the SBC or Ed Litton. The categories you'll, you'll though get, are helpful. These mm-hmm. six there's six categories, right? right? They're they're helpful. Okay. And we don't even have to go through every subpoint on here, but just right. talk about them. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the first one and this, I didn't really put this in any, again, I'm, I was just kind of brainstorming as I wrote this right. down. It, it, it's not like this is the this is the worst one and it works its way down. It's just kind of scattershot. The first one is unrepentant pragmatism. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that. Well, what do we mean by pragmatism? Let's explain it. Whatever works, whatever produces the results, that's, that's good. Yeah, the ends justify. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about Life Church, and Life Church is an SBC, but Craig Groeschel has said something that is the epitome of pragmatism. And we haven't talked about it. I, every time we've talked about Life Church, I've forgotten that he said this. 
we will do everything short of sin to win people. Mm -hmm. That's pragmatism. Right. For one, who's the one defining what sin is? (laughs) He doesn't give, he doesn't Mm -hmm. give like, here's the line. Um, And that's a bad way for Christians to live anyway. It's like, we'll get right up close to the, to the line as long as we're not sinning it's okay mm-hmm. that's not that's not uh what we're called to be but that's pragmatism yeah. let's do whatever we can as long as we we don't think it's a sin um as long as we get the results that we're looking for yeah that's how you end up with uh like the guy in texas who is sbc mm-hmm. that has like a bed put on top of his church and is laying in the bed with his wife ed young yeah, ed, ed, young. ed young jr yeah. yeah laying in the bed with his wife promoting his series on, oh, yeah. on sex uh-huh. and whatnot yeah that guy's done like everything under the sun oh yeah he's had he's had i think he's had a lion on the stage i think he's so. driven he's driven uh like a corvette out on stage they've had oh, it's stunt like bikes bikers doing stunts and, yeah they've done all and of they it. and a lot of these guys try to make it sound noble if one person gets saved as a result of this it was all worth it <laughs> right well, hey i was never i i was considering jesus uh-huh. the gospel it sounded it sounded pretty good have all my sins taken away have eternal life yeah but i, I just wasn't quite sure but when he came out in a corvette that's right i knew i had to be a christian when the pastor ate fire <laughs> it, it's it's so sad because yeah. you've got all these guys that they're like, well, we could preach the word, uh-huh. but we're going to get more people if we bring these pro wrestlers right. in, <laughs> right. and they well, talk. When the pastor, bit. when the pastor decided to ride a bull, <laughs> that's when we knew. Yeah, this is for us. Yeah, it's, the, the church is jumping the shark here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, don't give them any ideas, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but this, I, I guess, we would probably be a lot stronger on this than a lot of people in the SBC because pragmatism really is the fruit of Arminianism. Mm-hmm. We have to win the people. They they are neutral. Right. They could go one way or the other and we have to we've got to convince them to to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, because their will is free. Mm-hmm. But as reformed, we would say their will is in bondage. And the only thing that's going to set them free is Christ crucified mm-hmm, as true. we preach it through the gospel. True. And that that is a work of God as the Holy Spirit regenerates. Um, so this pragmatism, it doesn't it doesn't emphasize regeneration. Right. It it doesn't it doesn't um, it doesn't emphasize depravity. It doesn't it doesn't um, and they'll talk about the Holy Spirit, but it's not he's not doing uh, an effectual work. It's something that you can, if you feel, you know, if you feel that tugging on your heart. Um, and so I, I would say that we're, we're going to push hard back against this because we would say that's, that's not what the scriptures teach about um, how someone comes to faith in Christ. Yeah. And so you have, and I don't even know what unit this would fall under of these six, maybe this, the pragmatism, because it leads to it, but the bloated, the numbers, mm-hmm. the, uh, they, they say all the time we're the largest yeah. pro- Protestant. Mm-hmm. They say, they'll use the word denomination when it's convenient, but they, right. then they'll say we're not a denomination. But when they're doing lobbying and whatnot, we represent the biggest Protestant denomination in America, 16 million members. And they love to brag about that. And it's a total lie. I have no problem saying that's a lie. Um, because you can look back through the data for years 
Uh, the first time I checked it was about 10 years ago when I was doing church planning research. Um, SBC is missing every single Sunday, and it's not like one, one time. It's like a pattern missing about 10 million people. In reality, the number is about 5 million. This is, so um, th- these are the numbers from the SBC website. This is from 2019. I don't know why they don't have it updated, but they say that there's uh, 47,530 cooperating churches. Total membership, 14,525,579. They they do have uh, the number for weekly worship attendance. They have it? Uh-huh. Okay. What is it? 5,250,230. Yeah. Golly. See, so there's... And that's not... You're, you're, missing nine, a, you're missing 9 million people. Yeah. So what do we have members in our church now? Right around 90 adults? Um, members is about 80. I think it's 81 maybe. Okay. Something like that. I'd have to go back and look. So it'd be like, well, this is the norm for a lot of churches, not the norm for our church, because mm-hmm. our members come to church. Shocker. <laughs> right. Crazy, right? But if it, if it was like every Sunday we had 40, only 40 people here, yeah, and we kept telling people... Well, it'd, yeah, be, I mean, it'd be worse than that. Yeah, I mean, no. this isn't even this isn't even half. Yeah. Like, this isn't even 50%. I, I remember being it, part this of... Is, this, is, <laughs> this isn't even... This isn't even... Um, uh, you know, a passing grade mm-hmm. here. I remember being part of a traditional Southern Baptist church. We had four hundred, a little over four hundred in the membership. I think our worship average was around eighty to ninety people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So four hundred people, and you had eight hundred present. No, or eight, eighty present. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait where are you? Where are you getting know, your numbers? Using zero. that new math. <laughs> <laughs> 480? So, so we had 400 on the membership, but weekly we we're only seeing about 80. Yeah, that's normal for a Southern Baptist yeah. Church. That's oh, yeah. a sad thing. Mm-hmm. So there's always, you always have less people worshiping than you have members. You know, right. we, we, have, yeah. we always have more people worshiping right. every Sunday than we have members present. So we right. have like 100, sometimes mm-hmm. up to maybe 130 mm-hmm. yeah. and 80, 80 or so members. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Are you bragging on your church? Yes, I am. <laughs> but all but all glory to God because it's God. God's done it. All we did was Amen. just right. follow uh, church discipline. Preach mm-hmm. the word. And Can you believe that a church would follow church discipline? Okay. It doesn't hurt that we have like fifty kids. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we've got that's which an that's an anomaly. That's an anomaly in Southern Baptist churches. Also, yeah. Yeah. a church our size having. I mean, we're. I'm not exaggerating. We have about 50 kids. I've, I've got a list That's of no kids. That's no exaggeration. And there's there's no. about 50 kids mm-hmm. um, at our church. That that in itself is an anomaly in a church our size in the SBC where you walk into a church our size around here and you're going to be greeted by 60-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, God's been good to our church. Mm-hmm. But again... <clears throat> and people, I think people think it's like, oh, you're taking shots at my church because we do this pragmatic stuff. I mean, not taking a shot intentionally. I, I'm telling you, literally <clears throat> all that we have ever done to grow this church is preach the gospel mm-hmm. and have church and encourage people to talk to their friends and families and do evangelism. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah, we don't have we don't have programs. We don't have no. a youth group. No. Um, and we've grown from... 18 to whatever we are now. Mm-hmm. Which 
I mean, look in the scriptures. You don't see God pushing pragmatism. God's evangelism plan is the church. Right? Yeah. And yet, what do we, we look around and we see just the opposite happening. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's how you're going to save your friends. Bring them to the block party we're going to have at the church. Yeah. No, go. Go wherever you're at and preach the gospel. And, and this isn't this isn't unique to the the Southern Baptist Convention. This is this is just typical of Western evangelical churches. Yeah, is is pragmatism. But we see it. I mean, as, as Southern Baptists, we see it in our convention. And um, just what hour and a half from here is Falls Creek, oh. and uh, you see it every summer. This pragmatism that's being pushed. Oh yeah. They uh, the numbers here total baptisms reported by Southern Baptist churches two hundred and thirty five thousand seven hundred and forty eight. That's a it's a pretty high number. That is uh, for only having five million in weekly worship. It should go up that that number every year. It should go up yeah. that number. Yeah, we every should be, year we should be, be increasing. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to offset for deaths, um, right? Which is probably in the SBC a pretty significant amount, mm-hmm. I would guess, because they they seem to be it seems to be now an older denomination. They keep that on the on the rolls, though, Jay. I yeah, do. you stay you on do. the rolls after <laughs> you, you die. You do on a lot of churches. Yeah. It's like the Democrat Party. Yeah, you keep voting even after you're dead. Yeah. All right, you want to go to the next one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so that was pragmatism. Uh, the second one I put was unethical and untrustworthy leaders. Yeah. And uh, I think this is maybe the longest. Now the, the next one's the longest, but I have quite a few bullet points on here, and I probably could have kept going. Well, there, yeah, there's just a lot. Um, I, we've talked about Ed Litton so much right. on here. Um, He's like God's perfect example. He is. He's like, this stuff has been stewing now for about 10 years. Yeah. Well, at least... It's, it's probably probably longer, but um, I've been SBC for ten years, so I've been paying attention that long. Yeah, and I'm like, man, there's some lot of sh- there's a lot of shady stuff, mm-hmm. like unethical, and people just give it a pass. Yeah, and it's like, hey, you guys want a good example? And like, God's like, here's Ed Lit. <laughs> <laughs> I like what um, Ad Robles has said on his podcast when when the plagiarism first came out. He said, Southern Baptist, this is a gift from God. The bar has been set about as low as it can be set. Right. All you got to do is is call it what it is. Mm-hmm. And what have the leadership done? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nope. Provided cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He still like what, what what could be more obvious than preaching other people's sermons? And then, I mean, and then pl- plagiarism is plagiarism is so blatantly. <laughs> blatantly wrong in the academic world why is it that the leadership is defending ed Litton and he makes these lame excuses and no one calls him out for it and then lying about it and like Mm -hmm. giving multiple reasons explanations yeah now you know if somebody were to get up and say this is one of the most powerful sermons i've ever heard in my life that's by charles spurgeon i'm going to preach this sermon to you but just know it's charles spurgeon's i don't have a problem with that you know, that would be that would be a very odd thing to happen. I, I mean, I wouldn't like it, but at least you're not plagiarizing yeah, it. At least you're not presenting it off as your own idea. Yeah, I don't you think I, I don't think that that's what a pastor should do. Um, Charles Spurgeon is not the pastor of Christ Fellowship Church. No, so he's not. You know, he he wasn't. He didn't have our people in mind. So that's why I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't want someone to do that. Well, but is it? Would I say that's a sin? Uh, maybe if you were doing it every week, yeah, because that's showing that you're not studying yourself. You're not. You're not being the the pastor of the church that God has. Right. You're not pastoring the flock. <laughs> that is among you, right? Right. Um, but there's um, nothing unethical I don't, I don't, about yeah, it. Yeah, there's nothing unethical if you're if right. you're saying this is nothing unethical or sinful about mm-hmm. it. That's not what he did. No, he didn't say, "Hey guys, I'm going to preach y'all JD's your sermons." <laughs> he presented these ideas as if they were his ideas, mm-hmm. his illustrations yeah. about himself. And then when he got caught, he told like three different stories about right. why it happened. Yeah, and then scrubbed the website to cover up the rest of the evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, and people are just okay. But this is yeah. a dis, this would be a disqualifying thing for an elder. Like <laughs> right. You've got to step down from being an elder now. Uh, right. Not only did you do this, then you lied. Right. Like you're you're done. You're done now. Yeah. You know. Uh, but he's still going strong, and yeah. uh, he represent. He's like representing all of the churches. Mm-hmm. That's just. I mean, that's. He's like the culmination of it. It's yeah, there's. A, I mean, there's a long, a long line, right? Um, I mean, we've we've talked about Russell Moore. I mean, he when as soon as he left the ERLC, he immediately went to a Pado Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of convictions did the the head of this SBC institution hold? Right. Um. I mean, we've talked about the ERLC. Yeah. Um, JD Greer and and. Uh, not just his wokeness, but you know his his uh, God whispers about sexual sins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beth Moore, um, the stuff with the executive committee. I mean, no one even knows what's going on anymore. The cronyism, the, the cronyism. Yeah. I mean, the way that the leaders at the convention this past summer were just super condescending uh, to anybody that was disagreeing with them. Um, you know, the seminary presidents. They signed their statement saying we, we, uh, we don't think that CRT is compatible with Christianity. And then you've got people in the seminaries that are teaching CRT. Like, who are we supposed to trust? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, there's video evidence of people at Southern Seminary teaching critical race theory. Right. Uh, Matt Hall, the provost, he said, I'm a racist. I'll always be a racist. Like that's critical race theory. Yeah. Moeller can go on his, his podcast and he can blast critical race theory, but it's going on at the school. Right. And we don't, these are not the leaders that we want to follow. We don't want to follow a leader that says one thing, um, and then does another. Mm-hmm. That's not what we want. Right. Uh, Danny Aiken, he signed the, you know, he made a statement against critical race theory, but he still uses the language. And yeah. all you got to do is look at his Twitter feed and you can see this stuff. It's, I mean, it's all over the place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty clear. It's It's been ongoing for a while. I mean, when, when, uh, what's his name could do his fire engine stuff and he got away with it, Ronnie Floyd. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And nobody called him out. And then not, not only, this is kind of what, when I knew something was really wrong was when Moeller nominated Ronnie Floyd. Yeah. Mm. I was like, how? Because right. back then, in my mind, like, Moeller was the guy. Mm-hmm. He's conservative. Right. Uh, reformed openly. Mm-hmm. Not a secret. Right. And I'm like, how do you nominate Ronnie Floyd? Mm-hmm. This dude had a... And it's not... This is not a conspiracy. Fire engine. <laughs> right. Truck baptismal. 
the kids would go down and confetti would shoot out yeah. and sirens would go off. <laughs> and like, so in the summer camp, every single kid mm-hmm. in the Midwest <laughs> that right. went to this place is getting baptized. Yeah. It was, it was enough so much, it was so much so that my uh, leadership professor called his church and said, you're going to take all those kids from my church off of the, mm-hmm. off of your records because the parents found out when they were mad. Yeah. And then Mueller nominates this guy to be the president. Right. And then he becomes the president. You've got Steve Gaines. He was the president uh, for two years, and he preaches money curse theology yeah. from, his, from his church. Right. You want to know why your kids have runny noses? Because you're not giving the tithe. Yeah, yeah. Right? Your yeah. car's breaking down. Yeah, you can find this stuff. It's not unless they've scrubbed. <laughs> you never know anymore. No but, uh, you know, the Internet's forever, so you can find it. You can find this stuff. Yeah, so if you just that's incredibly unethical. You're going to mm-hmm. tell people if you don't give a tenth a tithe, which right. isn't mandated in the New Testament anyway, right. but if you're going to tell them if you don't do that, God's going to curse you. Mm-hmm. That's not manipulative. Yeah. That's like that's like con artist level stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And of course, once you get the big money and you give the big money, that's right. when it, when you give the big money to the SBC, that's when you start getting put on when you start getting nominated for things, yeah, and you start moving up the ladder, and then one day, uh, after you give enough, then you'll be nominated for something big. That's why it's so hard to infiltrate this stuff. I mean, the the um, the the counter to what we're saying is, well, why don't you why don't you run? Why don't you you know serve more? And the problem is, you don't see guys like us in little churches moving up the ladder. You just don't, right? And that's why this, every. I mean, go it, back, go back and look at at the size of the churches of the of the guys who are the president. Well, and this is, this feeds another problem, which is pastors using the church to move up the ladder. And right. to move up, you've got to leave your small church. Mm-hmm. So you may have a faithful ministry and be doing incredible gospel ministry, even influencing your area. But if you want to move up. You've got to jump to a bigger church, right. and so pastors. The, here's the here's the way they go, and I'm telling you how it happens. Because how long? Like you got a little town here called Cash, right? And how many how many pastors have we seen come through there? Yeah, how many? Oh, man. Like there's been like four what? since I've been here. Yeah, I've been here six years. They've had four pastors, I think. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because you can't stay here and yeah. have any influence. So they come here. They're like, okay, this is just a stepping stone. And then they move to another bigger church, and then they'll stay at that church for about four years, yeah. mid, medium church. And then if they make connections and they get that church to give money, then they'll get they'll make connections. People are like, hey, there's this bigger church opening. I'll put a word in for you. Now you're at a bigger church, more money given, and so there's this ladder. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not it's not often that you see a pastor leave his church and go to a smaller church. No, I'm sure it happens. Sure, but I'm sure that I've never seen it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why would you leave? Just like I don't. I. I. I can't. It doesn't compute for me. Like you move somewhere. You have your family here. You're raising your kids. You have all these relationships. Everything's fine. There's nothing. No problems. Bigger church calls you. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go minister in a place you've never been. You know, like the incentive is money yeah. and influence. I always respected my dad for something he said. He's always served in pretty small churches, mm-hmm. and he said, "I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to pastor a big church. This one, like his goal was to evangelize <laughs> and grow the church he's at." But yeah. 
But for so many guys, their goal is, well, I'll just go to that bigger church so I can get whatever I can out of it. Now, of course, not not all the pastors in the Southern Baptist Convention are that way. Right. But the ones who want to be able to change things or, or con- like be involved in leadership, mm-hmm. they, you can't do it staying at a small church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got to get to a place where there's a lot of money from your church going into the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. It's like pay to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. All right, we, I mean, we could talk about the uh, the, the next untru- one. We could talk about the untrustworthy leaders forever. Forever. The the th- the third one was promotion of false teachers and teachings. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> where do we? I mean, where do we even start? I one, mean, we we need to just kind of narrow it down to yeah, because we could just. I mean, there's so there's so much we could talk about. Yeah, I mean, the one that's he's still SBC as far as I know, Stephen Furtick. As he, far as I know, he's still he's still affiliated with um, what the is it North South, Carolina? Is it North Carolina? North Car- Maybe both because he has campuses everywhere. I can't, I can't remember. He he's he was at least still uh, affiliated with the state mm-hmm. SBC. Yeah, Stephen Furtick, so mm-hmm. Elevation Church, which we a couple of years ago we we just went through one of his sermons, right? And showed it how and we talked about him. He's talking just we talked about him what a couple of weeks ago with yeah. his God doesn't call you to change, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, people, I mean, his his stuff is is still accepted in SBC churches. Yes, so the, his books are sold in Lifeway stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Sun I, Stand Still was his first book, his first big book. You remember that? Uh-uh. That's what made him kind of popular in the book right. scene, selling in Lifeway. Oh yeah, yeah. That and music coming from his church. His song music in so from... many Southern Baptist churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Andy Stanley. I don't think Andy uh, Stanley is SBC. He's not? I don't think. I'm not sure on that one. It's kind of hard to see their the affiliation of some of these churches. You, you look at their website and it's like, what? Yeah, a lot, are of, them are, guys? A lot of them are front. I'm pretty it. sure Andy Stanley is non-denominational. Okay. But we know that Rick Warren is... Is SBC. Rick Warren is SBC. I was just reading a book yesterday that was talking about Rick Warren and um, when Pope Francis came to America, what, a couple of years ago, um, Rick Warren, he was actually quoted at, with like this just um, just lavishing praise on Pope Francis. Do you remember that? He called him, yeah. our, he called him our Pope? Yeah. Oh my I do remember that. Yeah. Well... They openly ordained some women pastors uh, back right before the mm-hmm. the convention in the summer. Yep, and, and uh, they weren't disfellowshipped. No, not no. disfellowshipped. Um, I mean, you've got <laughs> just I'm well, you can't walk into a Lifeway anymore, but you can you can look at uh, Lifeway's website and you can see some of the stuff that they still promote. They they still have, I believe, they still have the Circle Maker. I think so. Well, which that's that's just pagan. That's just mm-hmm. paganism. It's for, witchcraft. For, uh-huh. for the longest time, Lifeway was carrying like Rob Bell, mm-hmm. like his Numa videos. They were carrying all the Heaven Tourism books uh-huh, yeah. until finally enough churches, spoke, <laughs> right. finally some churches spoke out and then yeah. they removed them. But then you've got all these others that they're still being sold. Mm-hmm. TDJX books, they used to sell those. They used to. I don't think they do I, anymore, but I'm pretty sure they sell Joyce Meyer. I could be wrong, but I think they do. Mm-hmm. So. But it, uh, I mean, it's just, it's money talks. Yeah. Right. It's the money, but then we've got the promotion of critical race theory. 
I mean, it's an analytical tool, mm-hmm. right? And uh, anybody that was questioning it at the the convention, they were just talked down to, right? Um, and they're they're treated like racist yeah. because they don't want a, a Marxist <laughs> based ideology. Uh, even as an analytical tool, like what do we need this as an analytical tool for? What 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 do atheists have to tell the church mm-hmm. <laughs> that God's word doesn't already tell us? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the the you know we talked about Ed Litton and his unity events, right? Um, that his church is a part of with that organization, and they they uh, <laughs> have have these nights with Roman Catholics. Mm-hmm. You know, we we hear about the one with Ed Litton. We know about the one that happened in our association, mm-hmm. right? How much more do you think this is happening that we're not hearing All about over the it? place. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we we need a reformation. Absolutely. Because um, Baptists, <laughs> Protestant Baptists, have forgotten that Rome is preaching a different gospel. Right. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. I mean, and this is it's rampant. It's everywhere. You know, I told you about my friend was having issues with this church and they brought in this mediator uh-huh, dom yeah. met with him and this right. law, and this lawyer mm-hmm. the dom presented this man who's roman catholic as this this guy's a good guy he's a, he's a solid christian he's our brother yeah he's roman catholic and robert who grew up roman catholic like for real knows all about it yeah. and left that got saved and became a christian he's like how are you the dom <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean because you knew a guy yeah, like how are you the DOM, man? They, this they they have a false gospel. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. It's everywhere though, dude. This is yeah. not like yeah. a spot thing here or there. Yeah. It's blanket everywhere. Mm-hmm. Then it's there's how how many Southern Baptists do you think, even in leadership, admire Pope Francis? Because he pushes he pushes that social justice. Right. Like he's he's very left leaning. How many? How many in the leadership do you think think that Pope Francis is a good guy? Probably a lot. I imagine so. Yeah. More than I want to. <laughs> you don't want to know those numbers. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. How many people sitting in the pews probably think that Francis is okay? Yeah. We need to be bolder. Yeah. I mean, there, we don't need to be jerks. Um. Though Martin Luther was a jerk sometimes, and he got quite a bit accomplished. But, sometimes, uh, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, huh? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, we don't need to be jerks about it, but we need to be really clear out of love for the purity of the church, yeah, and out of the love for Roman Catholics. We need to be very clear that there's a line that that divides us. We are not, we are not worshiping the same God. We we have a different religion. Mm-hmm. If we really believe that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, then we have to we have to love our Roman Catholic friends and neighbors right. enough to say we're not going to stand on stage with you and, yeah, pre- we're not, and present this idea that yeah. we're we are one church with you, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's not true, and the fact that that's allowed and goes on just tells you that. When they use the the catchphrase "gospel above all," like mm-hmm. they always do, yeah, at, at, you know, on the, at the at the national level, "gospel above all," yeah, it's just a word. It's just words. It doesn't mean anything. Well, you know that because they never define it. Yeah, yeah. it's nothing. But it, it's mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, if you if you, if you're okay with, hey, 
we'll just stand on stage with people who have another gospel. Yeah. It means nothing. Yep. So. All number, right, fourth reason, four. uh, unwise spending of money. <laughs> this goes back oh, to man. what I was saying earlier. I just don't trust them yeah. because of we've already laid out their like, unethical, I think, proven that they lack integrity. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of waste. If There's a lot of waste of money. If the president of the SBC is willing to steal someone's sermon, should we be giving him our money? Like if a thief is going to steal something, I mean, what what's to keep him from stealing your money? Mm. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that he's he's embezzling and pocketing stuff, but it could mean that he's using the money in a way that we don't want our money being used. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of that, I think, uh, obviously. Yeah. The, uh, you've got the ELRC. What <laughs> What is their yeah. purpose for existence? Okay. Uh, well, I mean, that's a good question because uh, – they're uh, they should have been like front and center in the battle right. uh, last last summer when the government was um, abusing churches. Mm-hmm. I mean, they should have. I mean, John MacArthur's church is not SBC, but Baptist. I mean, MacArthur's Baptistic, and yet he accomplished more than all of the ERLC. Yeah, and the ERC is yeah. completely silent. Yeah, and instead you've got you know Jonathan Lehman from Nine Marks, which is an SBC. Um, you know, not not funded, but. Uh, it's an organization that's affiliated with the SBC, uh, pushing back against MacArthur and and encouraging people not to go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and so the ERC the- instead of instead of speaking out against you know the abuse against the churches in California or the abuses of churches in Canada that is still going on, they, they didn't say anything. They didn't about say it, anything. No. They didn't say anything about James Coates when he was arrested for just for having a church service. Yeah, like what is the ERC supposed to be doing? That, yeah. I thought that's what they were supposed to be doing, but instead, go back and look. Go back on Facebook and look at the ERLC back in the summer of 2020. Oh, yeah. You'll see Russell Moore doing videos, not about how the church should be free to worship, but he's telling us what his favorite books are. Yeah, or he did one on, like, do pets go to heaven? <laughs> no, brother. A couple of years ago, he did the one about aliens. Yeah. James Coates got arrested. Russell Moore's like, here's my response. Do your pets go to heaven? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what was on my mind all week. Yeah. Thanks for right. dropping that video. Yeah. Um the uh the resolution that was passed at the at the convention on the uh on abolishing abortion. Mm-hmm. Um just simply calling abortion murder like the church should do. Right. Um what does the ERLC do? They write articles Against opposing it. it. You're right. Yeah. Like here's the ethics and religious liberty like it's in the name right right like the two issues that they should be they should be promoting are the <laughs> are literally the two issues that they were opposing mm-hmm. and people are still giving money to them i i don't i don't understand it yeah i don't understand it yeah i don't want my money going to the erlc i i would just as soon see it disbanded and then you have nam and their church planting uh-huh um, I think their church planning assessments might have gotten a little better, but they I, I, well, I know they put out a statement saying that that they did not promote women pastors. Uh-huh. But again, it's one thing to publicly say something. say something. What are you doing about these churches that have women pastors? And this is not again, this isn't conspiracy theory. It's not us saying, well, there's rumors. There's video evidence that there are North American Mission Board funded church plants that have 
women pastors. We're not talking about the kids, you know, the kids director. We're talking about front and center. Next up is you'll hear from our female pastor right. preaching a sermon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I watched some of these videos. Right. Yeah. And this is cooperative program money. This is this is um, you know, the little old lady in, you know, small town Oklahoma. She just wants to support missions. Um, and this money is going to things that she probably doesn't mm-hmm. agree with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't I don't trust their assessment process anyway either. Mm-hmm. Um you gotta have some type of an assessment process, but Yeah seeing some of the people that have made it through that process and started planning churches yeah it's uh it's a little suspect mm-hmm. right in my mind your main qualification should be are you able to handle the word of god right not yeah, are, are you faithful not are you an organization planner yeah can you plan events right that's what I think. It's that's, more heavily geared toward. Mm-hmm. Are, not are you a sociologist? Do you, is it's, your is your theology biblical? Mm-hmm. It, it's coming back to the pragmatism here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you meet the qualifications of an elder pastor? Right. It should be heavy on that. And again, and and again, I'm, I'm not saying that there are, are no good North American Mission Board church planners. I'm sure that there are. I'm sure there are faithful people sure that are well, that course, are in yes. places that they're they're unsung. Um, but what what you guys are saying, I think that the weakness of North American Mission Board and the International Mission Board is that it is kind of relieving the churches mm-hmm. of their duty. The yes. churches should be the ones that are sending out these missionaries, um, not just giving their stamp of approval and all the training and all yes. the sending out and every all the funding every all the accountability is taken away from the local church and it's put on this organization. I know why they did it. I know that that you pull your money together and you can accomplish more than just, you know, well, one church trying sure. to do all of this. We can do more, but the responsibility, the onus is supposed to be on the local church. Mm-hmm. And what these these organizations have gotten so big that all the accountability is is gone. Right. Like I don't know. I don't know any North American Mission Board missionaries by name at all. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same with the IMB. It is. It's exactly. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Don't know who the missionaries are. Never talked to them. Mm-hmm. Never even had a phone call with them. You know, I don't know what they're doing. There's no accountability. What, no the, accountability for what this, they're teaching. What's this? What's this missionary in in Argentina doing? Don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. No clue. Yeah. That's but right. we should just send money to them mm-hmm. because they're, you know, an SBC missionary. Unwise That's spending unwise. of money. Yeah, it's unwise a, it's spending. Unwise. Of money. Yeah. And you, you can't, you can't, you can't even find the salaries for, for uh, you know, leadership. Well, you looked up earlier how much money comes in. So l- tell everyone how much money comes in because you're going to be surprised if you're listening. You will be surprised how much money comes in every year down here. Yeah, somewhere so, around half a billion dollars. Yeah. So this was um, this was from May of 2020 is uh-huh. where this where this number came from. And again, this is from the SBC website. The cooperative program giving, just in general, mm-hmm. was four hundred and sixty-two million two hundred and ninety-nine thousand ten dollars and twelve cents. That's a lot of money. Uh, designated, designated. Oh, yeah. So designated is someone writing a check and putting in the little memo. I want this to go to IMB. 
um, $192,900,851. Um, and then you've got uh, the um, Annie Armstrong North American Mission Board Easter offering. It was $49.3 million. And uh, the uh, Lottie Moon Christmas offering was $159.5 million. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, and I bet the majority of it's tied up in personnel cost. We don't know. Like, uh, who and, knows? I, and I don't mean like church planter right. and missionaries. Right. I mean like back at home, mm-hmm. like running things in their offices. Yeah, that's my guess. That's my guess. If it's anything like the state of Oklahoma, because that's how it is in Oklahoma, right? The majority of yeah. Our, so our, you so we get um. So we just did our budget presentation. Parker just did the budget presentation at our members meeting that we're going to vote on for next year. Mm-hmm. And you look at the budget and it's broken down into its very detailed pieces. So everyone in the church can look at that paper and say, I know how much George makes. Like here's, here's how much his salary is. You look at, you go to the state convention um, and you'll see the budget and the line item is executive the executive director's office Mm -hmm. and that's the lump you've got the lump number Mm -hmm. how much does the executive director make no one knows what what are his benefits don't know does he have a travel salary does he have recently you know does he have a book book allowance don't know how much does his secretary make it's lumped in there you don't know Mm -hmm. um I do know, I think the last time I looked for Oklahoma, it was close to 500000 a year for executive, I think. I, I could be off. But again, how, what, I mean, what's the breakdown here? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what this is. Yeah. Mm. How many secretaries? I don't know. I have no idea. Probably two, my guess. My guess is two. Yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, that's, not, that's, that's not good. That's not transparent. But the and even if you look at it though and you break it all down, yeah, uh, the the majority of the money is locked up in personnel. Now they've recently it's they've been, uh, it's seventy five percent, I believe, of the annual budget for Baptist the Baptist Convention is salary. Yeah, that's cooperative program money, right? So you're giving your money. You think that it's going to missions. Seventy five percent of every dollar is going to paying people's salaries. Yeah. I understand you got to pay you got to pay people's salaries, but it's gotten so big that you're paying too much in salaries. There's too much. There's, there's too, too much there's, stuff. You're paying the people to sit around and come up with like, hey, tell us about uh, tell us about Evangel Cube False and stuff. You you, show, you showed it to me. You showed it to me what oh, yesterday? We, oh my goodness! So I was on Facebook and someone that's associated with False Creek posted a picture. You can of, name names, Philip. It's all oh, right. Okay, and, yeah, Andy Harrison. <laughs> Just name names, okay. man. <laughs> I'm among friends. <laughs> and what yeah. does Andy Harrison do? So he's like the head of False Creek now. Okay. He used to be like the head of the youth department for uh-huh. the BGCO, and now he's been promoted up. And they just had a picture of like a bo- prototype board game that they were making for False Creek. And he's like, hey, do you think your students would enjoy playing this? What should we name it? Uh-huh. And I just wanted to comment: a waste of cooperative program <laughs> dollars is a great name for the game. But yeah. but you have all these type of things. If you right. go to the BGCO annual meeting, walk through the exhibition hall, you can get you can stock up on all your office supplies. Oh, for we talked we talked about all yeah. the swag that you can get. Absolutely, and it's yeah. it's cooperative program dollars, right? And over and over again, 
Um, you can drive in Oklahoma City. Um, I think it's on like North May. Go by the Baptist building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's huge. Oh, yeah. So let's go inside. Go inside. Yeah. Check it out. It It's quite the building. It's mm-hmm. very nice. Yeah. But, uh, and here's something else the BGCO does. Every year they'll send out like a prayer guide for missionaries. Yeah. For Oklahoma Baptist. You open it up and like the first one's the executive director. Right. I'm thinking, okay, yeah. missionary, he's sitting in a nice office. Right. Getting paid all this stuff. I know of local church pastors. I there are a missionary. Yeah. There are so this this is a this is a calendar that goes out every every year yeah. for for so you can pray for missionaries. And like you said, there's the executive director. There's like the president of um, OBU. Like these are not missionaries. <laughs> like these are guys that make six figure salaries yeah. and are not doing mission work. Um, there are for the North American Mission Board. There are three thousand and fifty seven domestic missionaries. Now they didn't break that down into full-time and, and part-time most of the north american mission board missionaries are bivocational mm. um uh, these people just kind of get overlooked absolutely yeah yeah but i guarantee like there's a, you, there's actual there's actual missionaries we could be praying for you, you and instead up, you spend you spend you know the month of january praying for um todd fisher yeah up at the up at the baptist building pray for todd fisher but don't call him a missionary. Mm-hmm. Come on, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's more like a CFO. Mm-hmm. He's not. Yeah. He's, not, he's yeah. not a missionary, right? Oh my That's like calling the uh, the general manager of a baseball team a baseball player. Mm. That's yeah. a good analogy. Like he's not. He's not playing on the field, right? He's managing stuff mm-hmm. in his office. Yeah, right. Cool. Okay. All right. Let's let's look at number five. The fifth reason: local association. Yeah. Oh, I don't th- I don't think it's an exaggeration to say <laughs> they hate us. <laughs> I always hope we, we laugh we, about we got it the now, scarlet yeah. letter C. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, we can laugh about it now because we haven't had any contact with them in 3 years. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, I put they openly call Calvinism heresy. Yeah. Like they call us a cult. That's not one of the guys from the <laughs> <laughs> from one of the associational churches called you a what a militant calvinist yeah yeah Remember so that? i had several a, years ago uh, yeah he was saying bad stuff about me yeah and uh because i i really avoid controversy and conflict at all costs i went ahead and scheduled a meeting with him uh, so <laughs> it was fun meeting had a meeting with him had another pastor there present because you know i figured right. he'd not tell the truth about how the meeting went. Yeah, and so I just asked him, I said, call me a militant Calvinist. <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. This person told me you said it last week. Yeah. Why are you talking about me behind my back? I'm, well, I've just never met anybody like you. I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? Me I, neither, think, I think we could all say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I asked the question. I said, I said, tell me how, how tell, you call me a militant Calvinist. Now I'll say I'm militant for the gospel. Yeah, there you go. Um. That what we're Absolutely. supposed to be church militant. But I asked. Exactly. I said, "Explain." You mean? I said, "I think that your problem is that I exist. There's a, <laughs> like there's a Calvinist. Tell me how I have tried to spread Calvinism in this association. Yeah, give me one way." Mm-hmm. And of course, he could give no answer. He gave no answer. Right. Yeah. They they just hate Calvinism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of them don't even know what it is. Yeah. I mean, if you sat down and said, "All right, tell me what Calvinism is," they're going to throw out a bunch of straw men. 
Like they're not going to give you an accurate presentation of what we actually believe. Right. Um, probably because they've read books uh, or heard, you know, Paige Patterson or something uh, talk about Calvinism, not because they actually heard a Calvinist or read a Calvinist book. Sure. Um, so they, they, they hate Calvinism. Um, we could go into all the stuff that happened, you know, four years ago when, when uh, Northwest tried to fire me and what the DOM did there. Um, but it, it was all related to Calvinism. Um, they actively opposed the Christ Center Churches Conference when we started that up six years ago. Right, and the first conference was on the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's something that should be opposed at all costs. That's right. Yeah, telling people, yeah, don't go to that. Yeah, <laughs> don't want to hear. Don't want them to hear the gospel. Uh, and then their evening of unity with Roman Catholics, and if it if it couldn't get any worse with you know uh, the oneness Pentecostals, yeah. the Unitarians that deny the Trinity. Yeah, but there are some good guys. There's some good guys in the in the association. Oh sure. yeah, I could sure I are. could name I could name several guys that I would say, you know, I I don't I don't like the way that their churches run, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say that this is not a faithful pastor. Oh yeah, right for sure. And I've told people like they don't they don't live anywhere around here. Yeah, that I'm like, well, you know, and maybe they're not uh, completely on board with like our church is done pretty old school, right? Like mm-hmm. we have. Uh, it, it'd be a big jump if you came from a pragmatic church to our church. Yeah, it's a big. If you want all the bells jump, and whistles, yeah, you're like jumping into the past. <laughs> like, and by the past, I don't mean the '60s. Yeah, and and so I'll be like, well, you know, if you're looking for someone who just is going to preach the Bible, why don't you just go to church there? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'll recommend people not kn- like knowing. Yeah, okay, we're not all to. We're not. I'm not going to oppose you guys, right? Because I know you guys are. You guys are trying to. You know, you're being faithful to the Bible, uh, as you see, has God's called you to do your ministry. I'm not going to oppose you. Yeah. That, and I can't say the same thing our direction. Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Right. Um, but there are a lot. There are a lot of really good guys. Some mm. of them, I would say, just have outright animosity toward us. Oh yeah. There are others mm-hmm. that don't. Absolutely. Like they're cool with us, mm. and we're definitely cool with them. Yeah. Um, but the pro- the problem is is that in my mind is they don't do anything. Right, like why? And why would we give money when to this place when all of the money again goes to the personnel? It's going to the salary of someone that. Yeah. What do they even do? Right, it's going to the DOM and to the secretaries. Mm-hmm. And if it could be shown, I mean, I, I could even, I could even. Well, the evening of unity, I can't get past. Yeah, not until there's an open acknowledgement and public repentance right. of that evening of unity. I can't join again, but if that happened, I could join back with them. Just to, if we were going to do something, if they were like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna partner together on this day. We're going to the streets and doing evangelism," mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Right on, let's get it." Yeah, I'm with you. The director of missions has a great opportunity to actually help encourage churches oh, yeah. find out what their needs are. the The local churches can they they give money together. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with the cooperative program. They pull their money together, and they could actually help different churches. Um, I think there are a lot of little churches in this area, and they're struggling to stay afloat. They're, I mean, every business meeting is, all right, what, what are we going to do to meet the budget? Um, they, they should be encouraged to do what we did and merge mm-hmm. um, instead of having two little churches that are on the point of, of dying. They've been on the brink of dying for you know a decade. Instead, come together. There's more stuff that you can be doing. There's a lot more joy in knowing that your church is not on the brink of closing its doors. Um, the DOM could do all of this stuff. 
I don't think he is. Mm. I don't think he is. But there are so many opportunities for a director of missions. I'm not saying you have to get rid of this position. I'm saying there are things that he could be doing that are actually worth giving money for. Yeah, right. And um, I'm I'm with you, Jay. I, I don't think that it's worth giving the money. Yeah. Why? why how are we going to have unity and fellowship with people that call us a cult? I would. I, I don't. I would say the new guy. I don't know that he would call us a cult. Yeah. I think the old one mm, for maybe. sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. There's no question about it. <laughs> yeah. So he would be more friendly, I think, in that regard. Yeah. Um, toward us. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he may have called us. He may. I don't. I don't I know. No I don't know, that, I don't he, know. He, that he has, but I do know that it's come out of. Oh yeah. Yeah. In the past, so uh, not real Baptist. That was another one. <laughs> oh yeah, not yeah. real Baptist. Yeah, you're yeah. not a real Baptist Forget if you're a Calvinist. One. They're not real Baptist. There. That's weird. That's yeah. a weird which, one. Which we'll cut. Co- we'll talk about that in a second because that's uh-huh. one of our questions from one of the church yeah, people. Yeah, it's like, right. what are we even anyway? All right. The the last one is there's just better ways to use our resources. So it, here's my here's my case. There are m- major things wrong with the Southern Baptist Convention, things that cannot be allowed to stand. The the critical race theory and the wokeness, uh, women pastors, um, the pragmatism, the, those things they just cannot be allowed to to continue. Mm. Um, we we can't fellowship with people that are promoting this stuff. It's going to be a fight if you if we're if we're going to change the course of the convention it's going to be a fight um and the only way that you can effectively fight is you have to go to the annual meetings and you have to vote and you have to the, get church, the church has to give and you have to give money has to, to give money and, and has to send people so that they can vote on these changes so that they can nominate the right people to be in the places of authority the the you know the ones that can actually change the direction right um and that's going to take time. You're going to have to take you're going to have to take pretty much a week off of work to go to the national convention. It's in Anaheim next year. There's the money. You got to not only get there, but you have to pay to stay somewhere. You got to pay for transportation, you got to pay for food. Um what could we be doing with that money instead? What could mm-hmm. we be doing with that time? And do do we really think that even if we got rid of someone like Ed Litton and said, look, this guy is um, an embarrassment. He shouldn't be a pastor, let alone the president. We get rid of him. You still got the pragmatism right. that is yeah. deeply embedded in the convention. Yeah. Um, it's, I liken it to Donald Trump's presidency. He came in saying, I'm going to drain the swamp. And what did he find? It's a lot swampier than, (laughs) and and even even Republicans are in it, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with the SBC. You you want to come in and change it? Um, It needs a complete renovation. Like we're talking about, tear the whole thing down and build it back again, right? Um, And the the resources and the time, uh, I just if it's not a fight that I want to invest. Well, you know, we're proposing to leave, and the church it'll be up to our congregation, right? Um, and I believe they'll 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 go with us in our decision. Uh, we'll see. But if every church were to leave immediately and a and a half a billion dollars disappeared, mm-hmm. things would change immediately. Right. Yeah. Immediately, it would all it would change. Right. Because I mean, 
It's gone. Yeah. The money's gone. If they'd quit giving. And so people would say, well, just what quit about giving, the missionaries? Stay, if they want to stay and and just everyone just, the <laughs> the the well runs dry, <laughs> it's just immediately cut off. Yeah. And then people say, well, what about all the missionaries everywhere? And that's what they always hang out. They guilt, the yeah. guilt trip you with the missionaries. Yeah. Right. But what I'm saying is, what could, if churches would take a half a billion dollars a year mm-hmm. and just actually use that toward missions <laughs> yeah, instead of wasting it? Right. On personnel cost, mm-hmm. like using it toward missions, a half a half of a billion dollars a year. Yeah, how much more effective would all of the churches be at getting the gospel out into the world? Yep, I, I think a lot more. Yeah, and so we'll present people. Some of the questions come up, like there's better ways to use it. We'll talk about it. I mean, promoting churches, just getting back to what they used to do, like supporting their own missionaries. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it right now, and and. Technology has changed from when the cooperative program was first installed. Mm-hmm. The reason why the cooperative program was put into place in the first place is because missionaries were going to other countries, but then they had to they had to travel back and they had to go around to all the churches fundraising. Yeah. And you think of the logistics of that. You have to, I mean, you have to go on a boat. <laughs> it takes months to get from where you are to the states, and yeah. then you have to travel around to these different churches. To get support, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to do that. You don't even have to leave your country mm-hmm. um, because of technology. Right? Technology has has advanced so much that a missionary, even if you have to raise your own funds, you can send out an email to churches you, asking for support. You can do a FaceTime call with them. Right. Yeah. yeah you don't. You don't. You don't have to try. And even if you have to leave your country to go back to the states. Doesn't take that long to uh, to, to jump on an airplane, right? Right. Right. Um, so, so technology yeah. has has advanced so so far that the cooperative program is not the the only way to support missions. That's the way that it's right. Uh, the The Southern Baptist Convention. You listen to some of the people talk about the. And they gush over the um, the cooperative program. They act like this is everyone else isn't doing missions. We're we're the ones who are doing mission work. Everyone else yeah. is not doing mission work. Uh, that's just that's I, that, here's what that I'll tell is you. that is naive at best. Anybody who thinks that they what they need to do is take a trip out to John MacArthur's church. Mm-hmm. That one church has done, and I can't even believe how much mission works that they, they, they have done. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like they're obviously they don't have the numbers, but I would say their effectiveness. Is profound. Like yeah. they are plant, they have planted seminaries in countries that don't have seminaries to train pastors, right? To be trained in their own language, and to go out and start church planting movements. Yeah, that's been done by a single church. It's right. it's amazing. Yeah, um, and incredibly effective, and yeah. probably much more uh, being a better steward with money. Probably healthier than yeah. a lot of the the churches that are being planted. Well, listen to this. I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that I did was get a hold of a, a guy who's going through the IMB process, getting ready to be sent out to the mission field. In yeah. fact, I believe he got, you know, they call it commissioned or whatever, maybe this last one. Okay. I can reveal names. But I wanted to know, could we leave like the SBC, but just give money to the IMB? Like like I'm trying to figure out, is yeah. that a better use of our money? Uh-huh. And so just talk to him about it. And he's, you know, he said, well, all the problems that you see and observe, like he's kind of in our camp theologically. He said mm-hmm. they're all in the IMB. Yeah. So 
It really depends on what region you go to, because I guess these regions are managed by people who may have been there, you know, 15, 20 years. And that region will take on the flavor of whoever's managing it. So there's one region in Asia, um, and I think it's, I don't know which one it's actually called, but it's the one where India is. And they reported something like 2,000 churches started in this time period, it's like one or two years. And so he said, I did some digging on that. And what I wanted to find out is like, are these churches meeting our criteria? What we say a church is like they have an elder. Right. Right. Like congregation. Like they, they, they meet regularly. Like there's this certain criteria they have. Right. And so what he found out is that these, they're calling them churches is like, say we get 20 people to do a Bible study. Okay. It'll start like that. Well, that's a church. Okay. Now, if I can then train you. You're my friend to do the same thing I just did with my twenty. Mm-hmm. They'll call that a church mm-hmm. when you do your twenty in this Bible study. Yeah. So they're calling these Bible studies of gathered local friends churches. Okay. And of course, that number will be reported back and called out at the annual meeting as we planted two thousand churches. Right. So what he was trying to get at and tell the guy is like, if what you're reporting is true, which obviously it's not. Yeah. This is the greatest church planting movement in the history of mankind. <laughs> L- legit. Yeah. This is this is like the great awakening. Right. And it's just fudging the terminology, yeah. fudging the numbers yeah. because the little old lady like you said, mm-hmm. will hear, "Oh my goodness, I've got to keep giving my money." And a lot of these people, honestly, what happens, old, some of these older people that grown up SBC, they're SBC their whole life, when they die, they'll leave their money to the SBC. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a lot of it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, and it just keeps fueling this machine. It's encouraged by Guidestone, so yeah, they'll they'll help you put together your will if you if you will um, leave. I, I don't know what percentage of your right. money to the to the SBC, right? Yeah, and Oklahoma Baptist, the what was it the foundation? I forget what mm-hmm. they call it now. Yeah, but right, they would they do the free uh, mm-hmm. free will and stuff, right? Free it, will. Oh, you're, gonna tri- yeah. you're gonna trigger us over here. Your will for free. There we go. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> Can't trigger you guys. That's right. <laughs> All right. So those are the six reasons why we, the the elders at Christ Fellowship Church, are recommending to our church that we leave the SBC. And there we probably could say more. Um, but again, that's that's I, I think that's those are pretty strong reasons, in my opinion. Now yeah. I might be biased because I wrote it, but it's but it's, <laughs> Those those are um, those are the reasons why I am not comfortable being in the Southern Baptist Convention, and and we talked about this. I mean, we we've been Southern Baptist. We we grew oh. up in Southern Baptist churches. Your your yeah. dad was your dad was a music minister. Yeah, uh, for, I tell people I've been I've been Southern Baptist since I was a fetus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally yeah, I mean, my, my whole life. I mean, my parents met in a Southern Baptist church. Yeah. Mine did uh, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. This kind of is a segue into the first question. So I wrote these questions down, Jay. I don't know if you've you probably got I've them. I've got them right here. Huh? I pulled I, them up. Yeah. I wrote them down and kind of and kind of put some of them together and, and jotted down some of my answers. The first question was from your wife: What took so long? Yeah. And I know she's she's kind of being tongue in cheek with right. that, yeah. but yeah. I think it's a. I think she's that's pro- a, she's heard me yapping about this right. <laughs> for about ten yeah. years now. Yeah. About time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. But I think that that's. That is a legitimate question to ask. What what took so long? Mm-hmm. And I think um, I mean there's some sentimentality oh, behind it. I mean I'm not I'm not gleefully leaving the the denomination that I grew up in. 
mean, I got saved in a Southern Baptist church. Um, I, I felt called to the ministry in a Southern Baptist church, went to a Southern Baptist college, Southern Baptist um, seminary. I've, I've only served in Southern Baptist churches. Um, I've, I, I told the congregation on Sunday night, I've, I've taught a Sunday school class on the cooperative program, <laughs> <laughs> explaining like, you know, the history behind it and, and the structure of it and why we do it this way and, and where your money goes and, and all of that. Um, I never got asked to do that Sunday school class again. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've been Southern Baptist yeah. through and through. And I know that's that's the same with you. Absolutely. So this is not a decision that we wanted to just rush through. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this I, this is a whole question of identity, and we'll we'll right. get we'll get to that. The last question that we got on our members page mm. was this: if this is a question of identity, who are we? If we're not Southern Baptists, who are we? And so it's not. This is not a, a decision yeah. that we should take lightly. It's right. not one that we should just you know, ram through. That's why, again, we, we emphasize this is not the decision of the elders of the church. Um, it's a decision of the congregation. Yeah. And as much as I, you know, I, I love this church and I love, they follow us and they trust us and they believe us, but I don't want them to just say, well, the elder said we should do this, so we should do it. Well, I want of, them to think through yeah. this. I want them to think through these issues. I want them to pray about it. And if they disagree and they have a different opinion, I want to hear it. I, I don't yeah. want them to just say, we'll do what the elders want us to do. I want to hear if there is any disagreement, I want to hear it. A lot of them yeah. grew up like you guys did mm -hmm. in the SBC, quite yeah. a few of them. Um, I was saved in Southern Baptist Church after redeploying yeah. from Iraq in my mid-20s. Um, and during that time, I wanted to know, like, why should I become a part of this church or should I? And I discovered the conservative resurgence, and I really thought, like, I remember thinking to myself after reading the history and looking at other denominations, how they've unfolded <clears throat> over the past century and the liberalism things, and I just, I remember telling Angie, like, oh, I'm going to be Southern Baptist because Southern Baptists will literally die on the Bible. Yeah. yeah. And I was, and I was, like, excited, so I joined because I wanted to. I was excited about it, got called to the ministry there, went to a Southern Baptist seminary. I could have gone to any seminary I wanted, George, because yeah. I had Montgomery GI Bill. Right. I yeah. could have spent my money anywhere Yeah. Uh, that would have accepted me in my enrollment, and I chose to go to a Southern Baptist seminary. Yeah. And then I became an elder in a Southern Baptist church, moved down here, replanted this church. They didn't want to be part of the Southern Baptist Convention. Because they had such a bad experience there, and they pretty much just told them to die. They yeah. told the church, "Time to just die." Mm -hmm. You guys are down to eighteen. They're like, "That's well, we, the we, that's the um, that's the model for a lot of these these church planning gurus, the right. church growth people. They see a cycle that the church grows, and then it just kind of yep. as uh, you know, there's there's a, a life cycle. That's I've exactly been in a church. Right. I've been in a church where they they said the same thing. Well, you're on the you're on the dying. Part of your life, part of it. They told them to die. They mm -hmm. said we don't want to die. Yeah. So I came down, replant the church, and I was like, "Well, I'm Southern Baptist," uh, and they're like, "Well, okay, well, we'll we'll write. <laughs> I guess we'll we'll roll with you." So when you and, when uh, you okay, so when you attend a Southern Baptist seminary, if you're Southern Baptist, if you if you're endorsed by a Southern Baptist church, you have to have your church church's endorsement uh -huh. um, to go. Then you get a discount. Yeah, that's right. You get that's you right. get half off. Right. right? Um, but you also have to sign something that says that, in good faith, you will go to a Southern Baptist church. Yes, that, that, that you'll that you will you will seek you know uh, ministry in a Southern Baptist 
organization. Uh-huh. And I, I signed that with no no hesitation. I mean, I, yeah, I that's what I that's what I plan on doing. That's that's, that, what you that's did. part of my identity, and that's what I did. And I still believe that there are are good Southern Baptist churches, no doubt. There yeah. are faithful churches. Oh, yeah. There are faithful pastors. There are faithful Christians all over the country and probably all over the world that are that are that identify as Southern Baptist. I don't I don't want to throw the whole thing under the bus. I'm saying that the direction of it, while the leadership, the people that are making the big decisions, the people at the very top, are giving lip service to the gospel and to the sufficiency and inerrancy of scripture in their practice, they are denying it. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it took a while. Um, we were patient, I think. Yeah. Ho- and hopeful. Like people are like, oh, we'll wait till next year. It's always like next year. Oh, we'll yeah. wait till next year. Oh, we'll wait till next year. I've heard that like 10 times. Ten, well, you, like 10 you, wait, you wait till Anaheim. Yeah. If, if the trend holds usually the president is is elected two years in a row mm-hmm. usually that that's usually the trend so and it's in anaheim i i don't know how you know small churches i don't know how many of them are going to be able to to financially to go, go to, to anaheim right no uh, so i'm i am predicting that ed Litton will be the president again mm-hmm. <coughs> so the the call is going to be next year next year it's always next right? year. it's always next year and again, even if you get the even if you get the presidency, the president doesn't he doesn't dictate how how things go. He nominates the nominating committee. The nominating committee is the one that nominates all of the other positions. And so it's a trickle down effect. Mm-hmm. So you can't just have and it takes a long time because these trustees, you know, on the on the boards, they're they're there for two, three years on our, yeah. on this kind of this rotation. Um, and so you have to have consecutive, and you can go back and read the history of the conservative resurgence. You have to have consecutive presidents yeah, yeah. that will consecutively do this. Yeah. And I am with Russell Fuller. Russell Fuller, he's the Hebrew professor from Southern that got fired right. a couple of years ago because he was calling out some of this stuff. He was basically a whistleblower, um, and he got fired for it. He said, I don't even know. I don't even have a list of people that could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you've got to have you got to have the people lined up with the conservative resurgence. You they had have, you had yeah. Adrian Rogers, you had Charles Stanley, you, had, you know, you had uh, Chris Well. You had these guys. Who who are we going to nominate? Yeah, like can you name can you name anybody that you'd be like, this is someone that I would nominate? I'd say Tom Askell. Yeah. Can you name anyone else? Golly. Jared Longshore. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Oh, I'm sorry. It's too, it's too soon. Jay. I'm sorry, it's too guys. Soon. If I opened up a wound, <laughs> sorry. Couldn't couldn't resist. Yeah, le- um, abandoning us for uh, for paedo baptism. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, well, I don't. I just don't have a. I don't have a list yeah. of of people that I would say this person would be good for the job. All right, we got to move on. We get, we're not going to get to these two big questions. We got to get to them. And you guys are gotten timelines you got to get to so yeah we still got a little bit of time but all right so so we've got we've got some that we can kind of lump together okay right so we've got how likely is it that the sbc will actually start to implode it just depends on i mean there's so many factors the the biggest factor for me i think right now is what's going to go on with the executive committee in this investigation and they've waived attorney client privilege so they've they've they have essentially said everything is everything is fair game Mm mm-hmm 
Um, and so if the investigation comes back, they covered up stuff. This is not a criminal investigation. This is this is a civil investigation. They've opened themselves up to the, exec the executive committee can be sued. Any of the institutions can be sued. Anyone on the yeah. executive committee can be sued. Like that's why a bunch of these people have yeah. a bunch of these people have resigned. It's like even this, will, this will financially ruin people if they even if they, they weren't serving during the time yeah, it yeah. was happening right just yeah. the fact that they're on the board now they're like i can't be on the board now yeah i've got to go i don't even know I, I mean legally i don't know what this would do for the churches that are associated with the southern baptist convention i i just don't know right um so i mean there it it's not far-fetched to say that the sbc could be sued into oblivion and that well you know that for that 462 million dollars that is being given for missions is going to go to pay off lawsuits. I don't know. Here's the other thing that to consider about it. How likely will it implode? Uh, um, I guess if you could slow it down, what's mm -hmm. a long implosion? <laughs> right. Um, everyone, everyone that gives, the majority of givers are going to die in the next 20 years. Right. Like the majority of the money that comes comes from the boomers now. Oh, it's old money, right? The, the yeah. World War II generation, there are very few of them left. Um, very few. Yeah. So now it's into the boomer generation, and they're the majority of the money, mm -hmm. and they're retiring, many of them, so the money's going to start drying up anyway because they don't have regular income. It's not right. retirement uh -huh. that they're they're paying, uh, they're giving their gifts and offerings off of. But then when they die, right. what I'm saying is it's over. Yeah, right. Because right. they haven't replaced the givers mm -hmm. with people from the younger generation. Right, right. So it's, we're it's poor. just, it's a matter of time. <laughs> We're, we're old poor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, you've got churches that are leaving. You've got churches that are not giving. Um, it's, I mean, God can do something. Uh, God, God could bring revival to the SBC well, today if He wanted to. I but I don't think I mean, that's going to happen. I mean, when, there's a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no, repent, there's no repentance. Yeah. What I what I, yeah. I wrote an article a long time ago. Yeah, you can go check it out. It's about all the missing people, mm -hmm. and I equated it to like not knowing where your soldiers are. Yeah, and how like. It's a big deal. Um, I don't think there will be any repent. There, there's not going to be any revival until there's repentance of that, right. and we stop. And, and there's stop lying. Yeah. About how many people are here in that are in. Yeah. Um, so there's that problem. Yeah. So there's. I mean, there's a lot of factors, and it could take a long time. Um, so I, I'm not. I'm not going to judge any church that's like we're going to stay in and fight. I'm. You know, because that they've the conservative resurgence is a clear example that. God can use faithful people to turn the the convention around. To yeah. I mean, you look at what was going on in the the seventies that that was preceding the the conservative resurgence. I mean, you had I mean liberalism, not not like um, right, just just a little bit to the left yeah, of yeah. us, like seminary professors teaching evolution that Genesis one through eleven was myth no miracles no, stuff no like miracles that. yeah um yeah so it was it was real bad mm -hmm. <laughs> it, was, it was really bad in the 70s uh and 80s and um the conservative resurgence happened and that all got turned around i mean go into youtube and and uh watch uh, albert moeller's um chapel address service. his chapel address um i mean him and his family were getting spit on <laughs> at Southern Seminary when he when he was hired because all of the all these students were liberals. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, they're spitting on him. Like, can you imagine uh, death threats 
mean, they were threatened with violence. Like, that's not the SBC that we grew up in, <laughs> right? Yeah. So God can change it, but each church is going to have to make its decision whether it wants to stay in, whether it thinks that it's worth it. Right. Right. So the thing that's always, and this question brings it out, what would happen to the missionaries and mm-hmm. then what would happen to the seminaries? So we'll go, what would happen to the missionaries in the field? So there's, there's, I, I looked up some stuff. I know you like mm-hmm. this, this stuff, Jay, so I did, I did some research for you. Thank you. Uh, 3,604 overseas missionaries, so it's yeah. IMB. Uh-huh. So 3,604. This is from uh, January 31st of this year. Yeah. So they've sent some more, but I don't know how many have come back. They're, you know, they're implementing the vaccine mandate for the IMB. I don't know what that's. I don't know how that's going to affect uh, the missionaries. Uh, Three thousand and fifty-seven, like I said, domestic, and I don't. They didn't split that up. A lot of a lot of those those NAM missionaries are are part time or bivocational. Right, right, right. Um, and then there's six seminaries that have twenty-three thousand eight hundred and eighteen students. Mm-hmm. So those well, those are your numbers. Well, the majority we'll go easiest. The majority of the seminary, I think, is uh, should be able to function uh, without mm-hmm. support from the uh, from the churches. Uh, they'll have to make some changes for sure. They should they'll be have to definitely make some changes. But I think that those changes would be good for the seminaries because yes. the seminaries have gotten so big, and so you have to just like there's no there's no uh, discernment. How many people did you go to seminary with that you at one point were like, this person is trained to be a pastor? A lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Um, and the reason why they just accept people is because they've got to they make they money. they got to fund it, right? Yep. you got to fund how big it is. So I think that it would be good for these seminaries to shrink. Yes. Because then they would have to be more discerning about, I would t- all right, we can only take this many now, here will be a because plug. we can only employ this many professors. Here's a plug. Now, I know there are people that don't like John MacArthur's seminary, the Master's Seminary, but I can tell you this. I've gone to a Southern Baptist seminary. It was a very good seminary. I got my doctoral degree from John MacArthur Seminary. From looking at their Master's <clears throat> level guys, they're more quality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Way more, by and large, mm-hmm. than the ones that that I went to school with. Yeah, um, I don't think they'll even allow you into school there without being interviewed and screened. Okay, and without church a church endorsing you to go. Yeah, that that's definitely not the case. Anybody can just go to a SBC seminary. You yeah. can just if you can sign up and pay the money, you're in. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you want the SBC discount, you have to have. Right. Some stuff because even even Julia had to write something. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. To, for me to go. Uh-huh. Um, but I think if you're not SBC, I think it's kind of a open door. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, so, because there was that there was that uh, that controversy with Paige Patterson several years oh, ago yeah. where he allowed that Muslim uh-huh. to enroll. That's right. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah. what is this? What are you like? Doing? This is supposed yeah. to be this is supposed to be educating ministers. This is not a liberal arts university. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, what would happen to the missionaries? Well, I would say if there are four, how many forty-seven thousand SBC churches? Yeah, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. And then there's three thousand something missionaries. Super easy. Uh, you get like five churches. You bypass the uh, the salaries, the, the you know the bureaucracy, yep. and you give directly to the missionary. Yeah. And the missionary then would be like accountable to like two or three churches, right? And then they they're still supported and fully funded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it would. I don't think it would. I mean, there again, there'd have to be some changes um, in the way that they operate. But um, 
I, I don't think it's I don't think it's impossible. I don't think the whole thing is just going to yeah. we're just abandoning all these missionaries. I, so, I think that there are ways. Again, technology right. has has developed enough that sure. we can be in contact with these people yeah. and they can contact us. Well, just think about how we got involved with this church. We we church planted to a place and I won't say the place. Well, I guess I could say broadly where it is. It's in, it's in uh I don't want to say where it is either, in case, <laughs> All right. case these in case these people are are, are listening, right. yeah, and, and work their intelligence mm-hmm. magic. Yeah. But um, this is a local person, mm-hmm. and they're 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 not American, which right? is the best, right? That's the best. Like, the, yeah. like yeah. indigenous people planting their own yeah. churches in their own country. That is the best way for them to. Yeah, to function, to, and, to yeah. prosper, right? And, not and, not for Americans to go over and try to do all this work, mm-hmm. but to do the work of evangelism and let the indigenous people plant yeah. churches. So here, here, here's how it happened. I met this. I met someone at Shepherd's Conference who is a church planner in a part of the world where it's a no-no. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Hey, I've done this." You know, he's in. He's with us theologically. I mean, this guy grew up in the old Soviet Union. I mean, this is this is uh, this dude's serious. He like he knows it's dangerous what he's doing, and he's uh, so I was really impressed with him. And he has had already proven that he's faithful over a long time. Like he'd been a pastor way longer than any of us. Yeah. And uh, he's like, there's there's a there's a guy I've been mentoring for a long time. He wants to do it too in his country. So he's like, would you consider? I'm like, well, you know, we're we're kind of a church restart to plant ourselves. So I took it back to the church. It wasn't in the budget. You remember this? Yeah, we had no yeah. budget for it. And I, I presented it, and I said, hey, here's this opportunity. I think God just laid this out for us to support this new church in this place that has about 13 million people and around 2,500 evangelical Christians. And I presented it to the church. I'm like, do you guys want to do it? It, it may mean that you guys got to dig in your pockets and you know pull out some money you don't have. And everybody did it. They're like, let's do it. So we were the soul, the first sole supporters of that church, and the SBC didn't help us do that, right? And we still give. There was that. Uh, and, and there, we, there was an SBC missionary that right that kind of swooped in, though. Yeah, right? he came in after everything was up and running. <laughs> I mean, he's still there. I think he's a, he's a pretty decent guy. Yeah, uh, but he's there. I think he's kind of learning. Right? He's uh-huh. he's there trying to learn the language and all this. And that's again, that's not the most efficient way right, for, not, no. for us to be spending our money. Is yeah. here's people who are believers. Mm-hmm. Uh, who already know the language and the culture and and all of that there and we can support them directly and and i i just think about growing up in church my whole life giving to the lottie moon christmas offering hearing of foreign missionaries mm-hmm. i can't tell you a single one's name right but i know faces and names of people in this church plant that yeah. we're supporting and yeah. i just have an emotional connection with them more than i've ever had with any of these others mm-hmm. giving through the cooperative program, yeah. So that there would, I think there would be more of that. Like so, moving forward, if we if our church leaves, we'll have opportunity to I, to, to look for more of yeah, this. Yeah, I think God, I think God will use this for good mm-hmm. um, to get back to more of what we see in the New Testament. Right. So I, I again, the way that the cooperative program is talked about so often is that this is it. It's the this best is the, thing this, is a, this, this is not just the best way to do it. It's really the only way to do it. I can't believe no one else is doing this. But you, you look at the at the New Testament and how the churches are supporting missionaries, and there's no indication that this is 
a bad way to do it. Right. Um, so I think that God will use it for good. Uh, that, that next question, what are some other avenues we might pursue per, for, uh, for supporting new missionaries? Um, we, we don't share any missionaries through the Christ-Centered Churches Conference, um, but you know the, we have a network, mm-hmm. and people know people, and that's, that's how, we, that's how we, can, we can network, right? We, we get in touch with other right. people who know other people, and, and that's how we can... And it's, it's more likely the, the missionaries that we would meet through the, those avenues would be more closely aligned with right. mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. our, our, what we would believe are more biblical mission strategies. Yeah. So. I've, got, um, I've got a friend in Arkansas that he is... They call him the Pope of Arkansas. Um, because he uh, just kind of has, well, they also call him the Spurgeon of Arkansas, uh, because he just knows everybody. And he said, if we ever you know, have, have a need to get in touch with people that need support, he's the guy. You've got connections at, at MacArthur's church. Um, I mean, there's, there's just tons of ways. Mm-hmm. The SBC is not the only organization that's doing mission work. Right. <laughs> there, are other, there are other places. Um, I mean, we can think of... of People like Paul Washer and, and Heart Cry Ministries, they yeah. they they send out missionaries. I mean, all, we can support. I mean, we you know, there's there's we so can, many people. Yeah, we, we can could get in touch with them, and yeah, there's there's. I mean, there's yeah, there's no limit to what we right. can do. Right. Um, yeah. We we can do pretty much whatever we want because we're an autonomous church, right? Yeah. We can support whoever we want to send. But one thing I wanted to to mention, and I hope that I hope that our church watches this. We need to consider, are we praying for God to raise up people in our church to go? Mm-hmm. We've got 50 kids. We've got single people at our church. Is God leading people to, to go, mm-hmm. to go and do mission work? There are still unreached people in the world. Yeah. There are unreached people in Oklahoma yeah. that have never heard the gospel. Um, what what are we going to do as a local church to send people out? Are we are we just saying, well, there's other people that are you know going? What about us? Mm-hmm. What about us? What what are we? How are we training our kids? How are we teaching our kids? Are we teaching our kids? Um, you know, you you got to get this kind of education. You got to go to college and and um, you got to get a good paying job and things like that. Or are we teaching them? Um, it's it is worthwhile to give up everything to preach the gospel to other people mm. yep so as a church we need to be thinking about that also not not constantly looking outside our church how are we going to support people outside our church what about our church mm-hmm. are, are we doing the work good. of of training and raising up people who will go yeah. yeah so i want to encourage our church that's to good. be to be praying for that yes maybe you don't feel like that's that's where god is is leading you maybe there's no you know doors for you um, but be praying, be praying that God would raise people up. We have got fifty kids <laughs> in our church. Um, how I, how I, many? I think I think I think it would be I think it would be um, I think it would be a tragedy if if none of them felt called to do mission work. I would feel like we failed in some way. Yeah. If yeah. we if we haven't sent anybody out. Um, no, we we need to be praying about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. that's good. So I, my, I, I, my, I wanted to I wanted to mention that. Might need to find a way to uh, reincorporate that thing we used to have, huh? In our worship service. 
I have no idea what you're talking about. Keep it before their eyes every month. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Praying Mm. for... Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so so here's... uh, can we jump over the the statement of faith real quick? Because we've talked about I think, well, I think we've we can about deal with it real quick. Uh, just like well, two minutes. well, I wanted to connect it to the. Uh, would we ever recommend an SBC school or seminary in the future? Okay. So I want to I want to come back to it. I don't okay. I don't I don't want to I don't want to get rid of that one. But just real quick, will the elders ever recommend an SBC school or seminary in the future? And if not, what schools will we recommend? So for me, I would recommend, even now, as we're still SBC, I would recommend an SBC school or seminary in the same way that I would recommend going to a public university. Mm-hmm. Go in with discernment. Yeah. Right. That's good. That, that's what I would say. Yeah. Like it, It'd be the same if, if I heard someone was going to OU. Like you need to go in with eyes wide open, mm-hmm. like yeah. on your guard. Yeah. That's the, I mean, I hate to say it, but... That's the same way that I would encourage someone that's going to Oklahoma Baptist University. Yeah. Like, go in knowing that the the science professors they teach theistic re- evolution. Mm-hmm. Right? No, no doubt. Yeah, um, there are liberals. I I was in the Engli- OBU? I was in the English department. Like, I was, I knew the I knew liberals yeah. at OBU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the theater department. Yeah, D- don't think that there's not like this kind of underground homosexual community at OBU. So go in with eyes wide open. Yeah. I'd say the same with the seminaries. I think the yeah. seminaries are much more conservative, though. Than I think so. I I think that that you should still be on guard. I mean, yeah. there's there's oh, professors yeah. at Southern that I would say don't take don't take this guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I would recommend Midwestern. Yeah. I mean, I I'd think st- I think still... if you look at the lay of the land, I think they're the most solid right now. So yeah. if someone said, "Hey, I, I want to go," first I would say go to go to uh, the Master Seminary in California, which isn't reasonable for a lot of people. Well, it's gonna. So uh, I, I mean, so with, then I would say Midwestern. After with that. Ma- with Masters, the only thing is that you have to sign their statement of faith agreeing with dispensationalism. Right. That's the only thing there. So if you're a dispensationalist, hey. Go well, go on, but I, I looked I, at Masters and it is it's very expensive. Yeah, I mean California is expensive, but yeah. they also have a ton of scholarships yeah. available. And I don't know if it's still the case. Um, I, I know it was the case, but I know they've changed a lot. For instance, in in this program that I was in in the doctoral program, you you didn't have to to believe that you had to be a dispensationalist. Right. I mean, they were all millennials in my. I think it's different class. with the undergrad. It may be it may be different because they do have well. They've got the school. They've got the university. Yeah, and you can got... just be a student at the co- at the college. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to okay. to sign on, off on that. So you can just be a student and yeah. get an education, which they have a good. Ed- that's a good one there. Yeah. But the master's program, you may have to still, but I'm yeah. not sure because they have really uh, kind of shed a little bit of their fundamentalist, yeah, like the old school fundamentalism. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Um, as but kind don't of, don't go into don't go that. into debt going to seminary. Right. That's no good because pastoring is not your money maker. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't don't go don't go into mounds of debt um going to seminary. Right. Um I looked at uh, Southwest Baptist University in Bolivar, Missouri. Um they're connected to Missouri Baptist Convention, so they're SBC, but just looking at their their statement of faith a lot a lot more um solid than OBU. Mm. So that's that's one place that I would say you got. I mean, if if you is you that know, the strip mall ceremony? No, 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 it's a different. One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, that's a, that's an undergraduate. Okay. So if you're if you're thinking about you know your your kid going to college, that's that's a place that I would say at least look into it. 
at least look into it. Uh, that's in Bolivar. Um, for seminary, there's um, there's R, uh, IRBS uh-huh. down in Texas. They're Reformed Baptist Seminary. Right. Uh, uh, Samuel Renahan, um, uh, Richard Barcellus. They're they're down there. Uh, David Bain. That's where he was going to seminary. Yeah. Uh, seems really solid. Uh, there's Puritan Reform Seminary with with Joel Beakey in uh, Michigan. Joel Beakey is, I mean, it's Presbyterian, so you, you go in knowing that. Um, but solid guy. Just ignore his stuff on, you know, infant <laughs> baptism. Uh, there is the the seminary that Owen Strands at yeah. in uh, in Conway, Arkansas. Uh-huh. Grace, Grace Theological. Ba- Grace Theological or Grace Baptist? I think it's just Grace Theological. It is Baptist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Johnson's there. Owen Strand. They mm-hmm. they bring in some some guys that we would agree with. Uh, Tom Nettles has come in and done done classes. So that's a that's a good place also. So there are there are other seminaries that we would recommend. Um, and uh, I, you know, with undergraduate stuff, you just have to be you just have to be wary. Mm-hmm. Um, you. As parents, we can't just send our kids off to any school and be like, ah, have fun. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I kind of went to OBU with that kind of carelessness. Yeah. Um, I mean, as an 18 year old, I wasn't even thinking about this stuff. But looking back, uh, it was God's grace that preserved me yeah. <laughs> through much of that because my Old Testament professor, he was a liberal. Mm-hmm. Like, he taught that the, the uh the miracles in exodus um had you know natural causes mm. it wasn't it wasn't as moses was presenting it in exodus and i mean it's just a volcanic eruption just weird stuff just got weird really stuff. windy Man. he's not there anymore um uh, the uh but you know there's there's liberal churches in shawnee oklahoma so yeah. okay so going back we've got if we get rid of the baptist faith and message 2000 what will replace it one of the suggestions was the 1689, the Second London Baptist Confession. Um, and then a question that goes along with it is, how long will it be before we present and vote for a new statement? Will we keep using the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 until we adopt something new? Um, so one that we talked about having for just a blanket is that is the New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... We'd have like a uh, either the elders would write their own, or we would adopt the 1689 for the elders because what we want to preserve in the church long after we're gone is that all of the pastors and elders of the church would be coming from the reformed tradition. Right. So yeah. if 1689, uh, which I'm fine with, we would put in a stipulation on probably Sabbatarianism um, that so that we would say with slight. Uh, modifications yeah. for all the elders, or we could just write our own statement of faith. That's totally fine too. Yeah, but it'll be it'll yeah. be more it'll be more tight in the reformed sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, we want to keep it more general, right? For anyone that wants to join, because we don't want to prevent non-Calvinists from joining. Yeah, that's right. the that's the reason why we we kept the Baptist Faith and Message two thousand is that it's broad enough that you can be reformed or non-reformed. Right. Any eschatological position is welcome, um, but you know if we adopted the 1689, all of a sudden, if you want to sign off, I believe this, you have to you have to be reformed, right? In in every you know in every aspect, um, soteriology, um, 
with uh, with Sabbatarianism, mm-hmm. um, the uh, you know their understanding of the law. So it's I, I wouldn't even be able to sign the sixteen eighty nine without caveats, right? And I don't think it I don't think that it would be good in good faith for us to have a statement of faith, and even the elders are like, well, you don't have to hold to everything. Mm-hmm. Like that's I don't think that's I don't think that is ethical. Would you be more likely and I think, to go I think you would, I, And I think you'd crack the door open to, well, yeah. well, you said that I don't have to hold all this. Right. What about this? <laughs> what about um, this? It has <laughs> right. to be more clearly spelled out uh-huh. on what would be, uh, what is your caveat? Right. right. Yeah. Uh, we'll, yeah. Allow, we'll allow this. Like, if you can, in good conscience, say, yeah. I believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that it would be better to do something else. Right, so we're going to look at that the yeah. New Hampshire. So that, that we can we can go the easy way, which mm-hmm. I would re- right now I would recommend the New Hampshire Confession of Faith, which yeah. is the the predecessor to the Baptist Faith and Message, or we could do the the hard route, which would be the Church just writes its own, and we right. just have our own unique statement of faith. Sure. Now there are there are kind of I think that there's a spectrum there. We could look at other um, confessions. I mean, I've got a I've got a book here. That um, is Baptist Confessions, Covenants, and Catechisms. That's got all kinds of stuff in it, um, including right. the the New Hampshire Confession of Faith. Um, we've got the Abstract of Principles. Mm-hmm. Like this is just a, a very bare bones. But again, you'd have to be you have to be, I think, at least a three point Calvinist to sign that. Um, so it's it's one of those things. How tight do we need to, mm-hmm. do we want to make it? And we've got to think about people that are already members. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got people that are not five-point Calvinists that are, are right. members. We don't want them to feel bad. <laughs> right. Like, oh, we, we're pulling the rug out from under you and we're slipping in something. You got to be, you got to be fully on board. Um, so we want to be really mindful of that. And we don't, I mean, we're, we've said it before. I, I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to say I think we're the healthiest church in Lawton. Um, I, I think we're the best church in Lawton, and I don't want to make our confession so narrow that people that are trying to escape some of these pragmatic churches say, "Well, I really like going to your church, but I'm just not. I'm just not in with um, everything that you guys hold to on election, and right. you got to sign it." Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be better to have a statement that didn't didn't have it as narrow. So that you could just sign it without any kind of any kind of problems, rather mm-hmm. than saying, "Well, you 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 can hold to it, except for this. You you don't have to hold to that." I, mm-hmm. I think it's just easier to say, "Here's broad enough that that if you're an Orthodox Christian, you can hold to it." Yeah, but again, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to talk about it. Well, uh, most people like if they become a uh, they're a brand new Christian and recently converted and baptized yeah they're not going to know what anything means in your statement of faith anyway right right all they're going to have is a basic understanding mm-hmm. of the gospel yeah and that's it and obviously you're not going to tell them they can't they can't join the church right right because <laughs> right. they can't understand your complex statement of faith yeah 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 you don't hold to uh, Athanasian yeah. the Athanasian creeds. Well, right. I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah. so you don't know about the hypostatic union. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's important that we do have that though to mm-hmm. protect the church oh, yeah. in the future. Uh, yeah. Is that all of the elders and the church will have to vote on that? Yeah. The church will have to approve. Say, yeah, we want our elders moving forward into the future, even after you guys, you know, are gone or dead. That 
no pastor could ever become a pastor of this church unless they were reformed, right? Fully adhering to the solas of the Reformation, mm-hmm. um, and but then at the same time, we want our church to be very charitable, right? In who is allowed to join as members, yeah. yeah. And so we have to. That's I mean, we want that. I want. I I would want someone who uh, is passionate about the gospel, a brand new convert. To feel right at home and not mm-hmm. feel discriminated against right. because they didn't have all their ducks in a row. Yeah, yeah, you yeah know I agree. I mean? yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I think that we would hold on to the the Baptist faith and message two thousand even if we left until we had a new one. Yeah, I uh, think, I, I, and I don't have a problem with the Baptist faith and message two thousand. I just think that if we're leaving the Southern Baptist Convention, that we need to leave the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. Yeah. We're still we're still Baptist, but um, we're going to. We're going to not because we disagree with the statement of faith, but because we're not we're not Southern Baptists anymore. So we're going to have something that is just more general. This web page this web page may be gone. I don't know if I swung it over when we when, when we made the new web page for this church, mm-hmm. but from Redeemer. But I wrote it was like ten articles or something. Yeah. Do you remember that, Philip, on what we believe? Um, so it's not that it's not going to be that difficult right. for us to write our own. We just want to be really not, precise. Right. We want to be really precise and not leave things open to interpretation. But if we, if like we, the like the the problem with the Baptist Faith and Message two thousand that has arisen is that the authors of it believe that there was no distinction between the office and the function of a pastor. Right. And so when they said that the office of a pastor cannot be held by a woman, they just they just took it for granted that that meant that a woman would not be allowed to preach right. to the congregation, but it's open to interpretation now because it wasn't it wasn't defined precisely enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't want to leave stuff open like that because we're we we got to be forward looking. Um, Jay, George, and Philip are not always going to be sitting here. We want the church to be healthy after we're gone, mm-hmm. after we're dead. Right, and we have to be thinking about that now. Yeah, how are we going to protect the church in the future? Because that's our job as pastors is not just to think about, uh, you know, November tenth, two thousand twenty-one. We're healthy right now. Mm-hmm. We got to be thinking about all right, how can we um, be wise enough to protect the church of twenty forty-one? Mm. Right, right. We can't just say, well, the future pastors. Can deal with that. We got to right. we got to deal with yeah. it right now because we're the pastors of the church. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, there was one other thing I was going to say, Jay, and I just completely. Uh, I mean, we'll look at it. We may, we may, uh, we may. Happens. We may be able to bring something to the church in December. Yeah. Um, for sure, we'll bring something that's a like a placeholder. I would encourage the church right now to look at the New Hampshire Confession yeah. of Faith. You can Google it. I mean, it's. It's out there. Right. Um, look at the New Hampshire Confession and see what you think. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we got to do. We got to do this one. Yep. More, uh, this one's from Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, he's curious. What exactly is a Baptist, and why do people place emphasis on this? Um, so, in a broad sense, here here's an easy answer. If you don't baptize babies and you baptize believers, you're technically a Baptist. Now, to narrow it a bit, um, Baptists are different than Anabaptists in this sense. Um, Baptists really do, despite what people would say, are linked to the Reformation, 
in the Reformation stream and tradition. There's actually an article recent that was recently written by um, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, some George. What's, that's his last name, George Timothy George. Mm-hmm. I'll see if I can find it. Maybe I can post it as in the comments. Um, but he shows how so so he shows how in the 1600s when the 1644 and 1689 uh, Baptist confessions were being drafted, you had this group of people who were not Anabaptists and they were not um, congregate like congregational Pado Baptist or Presbyterians. And so they, in their language, to try to distinguish themselves, clearly they use language, we're not Anabaptist, because Anabaptists had become associated with uh, some antinomianism and some lawlessness and anti-government stuff. And Yeah, I've got the I've got the first London Baptist here, and, yeah. and it, like, right on the front page, it's like, we're, we are, uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, we are, uh, our, uh, where is it? I think they straight up say we're not Anabaptist. Yeah, 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 yeah. They say that we're we are uh, unjustly called Anabaptist. Right. Yeah. There we are commonly but unjustly called Anabaptist. Yep. That's that's the that's the, what the first Baptist said. We're not Anabaptist. Yep. And so, but what they but but what they are are they are originally, of course, the the General Baptists branched off, but originally they were. Holders to the doctrine, what we call the doctrines of grace. Mm-hmm. That means yeah. they were reformed in their soteriology. Right. Uh, they were Calvinist in their soteriology, if you use like the common lingo. Um, now, they disagreed with paedo-baptism and church governance structures and stuff. They believed in a congregational church. Um, and so they're, they're different. They're not paedo-baptist, but they are reformed in their soteriology. They're not Anabaptist. Um, and so they're this unique thing, and I think Baptist actually started out as like a uh, a derogatory term, right? Yeah. It's something that they were that they were. It's like kind of how they called Christians Christians. They were derogatory. Yeah. Is a derogatory term. <coughs> and so as Baptists begin to, to you know to move through history, there were branch a branch would come off like the General Baptist or the Free Will Baptists, and then you had the Particular Baptist. And I think we would say that we fall into that stream of the particular Baptist, and we believe in particular redemption or definite atonement. And so we would trace back our lineage to the people of the Reformation, and we fully acknowledge that at the time of the Reformation, there weren't Baptist yet. But coming out of that theology, Baptist emerged. Um, and so that's kind of what a Baptist is. Um, Technically, any independent church that says they're non-denominational, it's usually Baptist. Yeah, yeah. If they pre- well, <laughs> they, they just have a cool website. Yeah, they, they won't say it. <laughs> yeah, but they won't say it. But they'll be if they baptize believers and they're non-denominational. That's yeah. technically a Baptist church. Yeah, right? yeah. I I I listed six distinctives that I could think of that Baptist scholars and theologians usually say. This is this is what Baptist mm-hmm. usually is. The the top ones are baptism of believers only by immersion. Mm-hmm. Um, congregational. Mm-hmm. So each congregation is autonomous. Right. They they choose their own elders. Mm-hmm. Um, they practice their own church discipline. It's not a pre- you don't send it to a presbytery. The presbytery doesn't like. There's not a, a an, an organization or a board over the church. Right. Um. And then you got 
priesthood of all believers. Um, and going along with that is um, called soul competency. You know what soul competency is, Jay? Philip had to remind me of, he had to Google it to remind me of it. Um, it's that uh, you're competent to read and understand scripture? Yeah, and your, your conscience. Right. You, you are, you have freedom of conscience. Yeah. Um, you, we uh, don't bind right. the conscience on non-essential right. issues. Uh, and then separation of church and state has been right. kind of typical of, of Baptists also. We don't, right. we, Baptists have never been proponents of the, the church, church state. state. Right. Yeah. So those are, those are kind of the, Broad ones, yeah. The the broad ones, but immersion, of believers only, and congregationalism, those are really the the two big ones. What what it's interesting to me is in the six year period we've had a ton of people join this church mm-hmm. that have been members of Baptist churches for a long time all over all over the place around this area, yeah, and they have not been baptized by immersion, yeah. after their conversion, right? Yeah, we've had a lot. So it's it's odd to see, but it, it's there. Yeah, uh, that that has That's, been. It's kind of in the name, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But That's, again, I think it's that pragmatism, right? I think it it's is. pragmatism. Baptism, um, it still has it still has um, some significance to the to the world. I mean, you are still making a statement. It's not. I mean, I think a lot of Baptist churches are too quick to baptize people. And they have, you know, churches have these mass right. baptisms, right. Um, but we we take it seriously, and I think that there are still there are still people that um, because of pragmatism they don't they don't you know force anyone because you got to get up in front of people and you got to you know you got to do this you got to yeah. be dunked underwater and you know people are embarrassed they're shy and, um, it's making a statement and so I think there are a lot of Baptist you know quote yeah. unquote Baptist churches that because of their pragmatism. They they want the numbers, but they oh, yeah. don't want to make people uncomfortable by we, by you know saying this is a command of Christ that you be baptized. We didn't even bring this up. It, it could have been in our six. Uh, congregationalism has been pretty much that mm-hmm. it's been it's they they've thrown it out. The, in the Baptist SBC. distinctives of the and the SBC are gone. are not stressed at all. Yeah. So no. so uh, for instance. Um, the current president does not have satellites, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Satellite churches are non-congregational. Yeah, yeah. Uh, J.D. Greer's churches were non-congregational. Yeah, it's that satellite campuses. They're they're run in the Episcopal fashion. If you're mm-hmm. looking for a technical church governance form, they're yeah. Episcopalians. They'll never call themselves Episcopalians, right. but that's how they're governing. And then even one more before him, uh, Gaines. Did Gaines have satellite campuses? I think so. And then you go back one more. Ronnie Floyd, satellite campuses. So the last four SBC presidents were non-congregational. Yeah. Now, I don't care what, what they say. They can say whatever they want. When you have a mothership church mm-hmm. that's governing all of these satellite campuses, you're no longer congregational. Yeah. And that's been thrown out. Going along with that is regenerate church membership. Oh, man. Um, that's not, that's not well, stressed. That's, oh, that's, no. Right? That's linked no. to... That's pragmatism. That's linked to right? believer's baptism. Yeah, and then uh, church discipline. Yeah. Church discipline is is gone. And and it seems like the majority of problem I I'd say almost all the big problems that I've seen in churches in recent years have have resulted because of those two things. Mm. You got unregenerate church membership and then you've got these lost people claiming to be Christians that sin and then they're not disciplined and Why is the why are sexual abuse allegations such a big deal in the in the Baptist church? 
like where where are these people that are sexually abusing kids mm. coming from mm -hmm. because you're bringing in unregenerate people and then you're saying you're a member of the church you can work with the kids right um and then even after they're not disciplining yeah uh who was that guy that um that was accused of sexual abuse and and like people like Paige Patterson got him another another job another job yeah, I don't remember his name, but he was a he was like a high tier guy in the SBC. Yeah, and they shuffled him around different states. Yeah, like that's that's worldly. That's wicked. Yeah, um, the Baptist distinctives are are just kind of shuffled. And that's not even a Baptist distinctive. Goodness, that's church, church discipline is just should be it's in part the, of the church. it's just church. It's just what the right. church is supposed to do. Right. Um, so another way of you know that. That's what is a Baptist. The second part of the question is why put emphasis on it? And you could just reword it. Why is it important? Right. And I would say that it's important because we believe that's what the Bible teaches. Right. Um, it's not something that we can just say, uh, you know, matter of uh, matter of opinion. Mm -hmm. Take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. um, I love my Presbyterian brothers and sisters, but I think they're wrong on baptism. And... I know that there's a variety of different opinions. I know that we've we differ a little bit on that. Um, I, I wouldn't take communion with Presbyterians because I don't think they've been baptized. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, historically, in in the Baptist Church, baptism by immersion as a believer was a prerequisite to taking the Lord's Supper. So I would look at my Presbyterian brothers and sisters, and I would say, I I think that you're Christians. Like if you're if you're professing faith in Christ, I believe you're a Christian. Um, and I'm not going to rail against your, your church. I just say that you are not baptized and shouldn't be taking the Lord's supper until you've, you're following the, the commandment of the Lord in, in baptism. Um, because I think that's what the Bible teaches. And I think that's what you see throughout the scripture. So I think that we should be convictionally Baptist. Um, and it's, it's important because we want to obey the Bible. Yeah. Now I'm not going to make it, you know, first tier. Mm -hmm. This this is the difference between being a Christian and not being a Christian. I put it on second tier. This is what divides one congregation from another. Mm -hmm. um, but as Baptists, um, we we want to follow the Bible as, as closely as we can. And the Presbyterians, if they're convictional, they'd say the same thing about us. They think we're wrong. Um, but they still would say we're we're believers. So they've moved past you know the the drowning us. Right. stage of their their history <laughs> um but i i think that we want to adhere as closely to the bible as we possibly can and maybe we're wrong i don't think we are mm -hmm. um i think that the presbyterians are wrong i think rc sproul knows better now right i think i think in the in the question it's not so much important to call yourself a Baptist or yeah. have your Baptist in your name. Right. Because as we've already demonstrated, there yeah. are a ton of people that say they are, mm -hmm. but they're not. And we don't have Baptists in the name of and our church. Baptist isn't in our name, but yeah. we are practicing, I think, biblical baptism, mm -hmm. which is important. Right. So um, I hope hopefully that answers the question. So that's, that's why we emphasize this, because we think it's biblical. Yeah. Can y'all clarify that this for me, Parker's, Parker's comment? He says, too soon, I want my $2. Oh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay, he's talking about the budget. We put our placeholder or whatever. We've <laughs> oh, been giving man. money. That's what that, there, I get it now. There's an old movie where a paper... It's a movie, Better Off Dead. 
funny John Cusack movie from the 80s. There's uh -huh. this paper boy that keeps chasing him down, trying to get his $2 for <laughs> okay. the paper money. And yeah. He posted this it's gift, crazy, I want my $2. Yeah. Props to Parker, that's a, that was a great <laughs> gift. Uh, okay, I get it now. And then uh, did it throw you off because Parker was making a movie reference? Yeah, Emily posted a uh, <laughs> Happy Reformation Day. Yeah, there we go. That's that's. Oh, her she said something funny during the members meeting. Um, we should write a letter and nail it. The ninety-five points and nail it to yeah, a, right. the door. <laughs> that was great. You could just mail it out. Ninety-five. Yeah. reasons yeah well hopefully we answered the questions that were sent in on our members page but again if there's more questions from our members we want to field those we uh, again we don't want we don't want this to be <laughs> the very thing that we're we're criticizing the right. top-down sure. leadership yeah. um, the church is governed by the people That's it's right. governed by the believers um, because they they are all priests of Christ because of the Holy Spirit that's right. And um, there's there's no there's no you know distinction between the pastor and the and the congregation. Um, we're all believers. Yeah. Right. Thanks for listening today. Hopefully, this has been beneficial to you um, and informative. Maybe your church is in a similar situation. Maybe you're grappling with it yourselves and don't know what you're going to do. And um, and us just talking through what we're doing. Hopefully, that's helpful to you. And if you're part of our church, hopefully. Uh, we did answer your questions. If not, you can always uh, shoot us a text or you can drop it in there on the Facebook post and we'll try to get to it next time and we'll get back to you on them. So it's our hope as always that the discussion and everything we do here helps you to be more and more conformed to Christ. See you next time.